Yeah, you get a tax deduction just saying five thousand dollars, but thirty years later, that five thousand dollars is now say fifteen thousand dollars. <laughs> now you get taxed on fifteen. When you look at the bigger picture, if you have time, the benefits of doing a Roth are going to be much more favorable for you. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Oh, great to be back with you again, Mike, here on the Retirement Reality Podcast. We're going to be talking IRAs today, traditional versus Roth. I think a question a lot of people have that maybe want to get some clarification on uh, which is which, what's the difference between the two, and what might be better for me. Of course, you can always get those questions by working with an advisor. That's the best way to get the answers you need for yourself. But we're going to try to do the best we can today on this episode to give you some kind of general guidance on traditional versus Roth IRA. So Mike, welcome in. Good to talk to you again. How you been? I'm doing great, Ben. It's, uh, and thanks for having me again. We're excited to what are we, episode number 40, I don't know, 42, 42, 42, 42. yeah, it's, All uh, right. it's hard to believe, but we're, we're cranking them along, and, and I know we've gotten into Ross before a little bit, but we're going to try to mm-hmm. have this conversation again and kind of explain the difference between the two. Do you have a lot of questions uh, typically about traditional versus Roth when uh, you have new clients in the door? We do, and we hear a lot of people, should I be doing Roth conversions right now? And and you know, it all depends on how close they are to retirement. Does, is it going to make sense? So that's why we want to look at um, is it a good fit for you? Depends on where they're at. So I, I will say one of the biggest regrets for retirees, people who are already retired, they said, I wish I would have known more about Roth and started Roth sooner because it would really help your retirement more in, in, in retirement because you know, the tax situation will be a lot better situation in retirement. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, this might not be for you or Roth necessarily, but being educated and informed on what it is and the pros and cons to it um, is, is a good thing, and, and maybe it's a route you want to go moving forward. But again, if you want to talk with somebody about that, Mike and his team over at Principal Preservation Services will sit down with you and go through your entire situation and discovery meeting and help you figure out what you need to do and, and whether or not a, a Roth is a good idea for you. So you can connect with them online, principalpreservationservices.com, or over the phone at 855-987-8888. And don't forget, we're going to get to a couple of mailbag questions at the end of the show, so stick around to the end to hear from those. Uh, so let's just jump into it, Mike. Uh, traditional versus Roth. You know, it seems like a lot of people don't have a clear picture really right. when it comes to which is which and where they should put their money. So let's try to help them out a little bit here. So uh, let's start off. First thing, explain the difference for these uh, on these two accounts for me, Mike, just the basic differences. Yeah. And I'm going to start, I think a, a lot of people have 401ks or 403bs, the employer-sponsored plans. So these are considered traditional 401ks, traditional 403bs, same as like a traditional IRA. All right, so these are dollars that when you contribute money into these traditional 401ks, 403bs, IRAs, you get a tax deduction and you're able to, you know, just say you contribute $5,000 that comes say if you make 60,000 a year gross that comes off of your your salary. So you don't get taxed on that $5,000 that you contribute when you contribute to a traditional type of account like a 401k, 403b or IRA. Now on the Roth side, now the Roth says you're going to pay your taxes up front. So when you contribute to it, um, you already had, there is no tax break. But what they're saying is that when the money grows, as you take that money out in in retirement, you don't have to pay taxes to count that as income. So when we look at, when we go kind of the history of things, I I went back as, you know, 
your our great grandparents and grandparents they had pensions. Well, back in the mid seventies, about nineteen seventy five, is when IRAs came on the forefront, and then four hundred one ks came around nineteen eighty, and that's when they really start pushing traditional IRAs, traditional four hundred one ks to save for your own retirement. And then Roths really didn't come around till uh, Roth IRAs till nineteen ninety eight is when they went into effect. Uh, 401ks, Roth 401ks, Roth 403bs really came around about 2006. Not a lot of education on that. So the key is knowing the difference and you want to contribute to an IRA, you want to contribute to a traditional 401k, or do you want to go the Roth version? Um, we're a big fan of contributing as much as you can into the Roths. Now there's, there's uh, limits what you can contribute to each one of these and the ramifications about taking withdrawals out too early as well. Yeah, there's a lot to consider for sure. And although the Roth's fairly new, I mean, I think a lot of people, as you mentioned, kind of had that regret of, hey, I wish I would have put a little more money in there. Why do you think people contribute more to the traditional IRA versus the Roth over the course of their life? Uh, good question. I, I think a lot of it, they don't know. Uh, there's a lot of people who have come in here and said, I didn't know that my employer, you know, again, like 401ks and uh, Roth options and 401ks weren't available till about 14 years ago. And when they did become available, there wasn't really any education about it. So they really didn't know what was out there and why they should do a Roth. So I think the lack of all these employer-sponsored plans, they're not informing them. And that's where the majority of people are contributing to right there. And so not knowing what to do, first of all, they just stick to that. And, you know, people just, unfortunately, you people as they contribute, they just, they don't want to even look at their statements sometimes. They just, they set it, they forget it. They just make their contributions. And then when the employers make their match, especially in those employer sponsor plans, they're matching in their, the traditional side. And so I think just a lack of uh, education, a lack of knowledge is the biggest key why people don't do that. I got you. Well, you, you kind of touched on a little bit, but you know, taxes play a big part in the decision to go the Roth route. But why can the Roth be so powerful? How does that all play in together when you when you take into account the, the money maybe saved down the road and just kind of when everything works together over the course of your lifetime? Why is the Roth so strong? Yeah. So when we're looking at your, your taxes in retirement and you know, we don't know where taxes will be, but we'll we can pretty much guess by history taxes will go up. <laughs> you know, when we're under tax reform right now, uh, that those will expire here in the year 2025. But we just know that, you know, we, we can't control what the future tax rates will be. So we can control where they are today. And I'd much rather have tax-free income in retirement, something that Uncle Sam can't change the deal on me. Uh, just nobody wants to have their pensions changed. Nobody wants to have their deal changed. Nobody wants to have Social Security, what you plan on in retirement change. So by you taking control over your retirement and, and doing Roth, you know that that won't be taxed as regular income. And it would really benefit in retirement Social Security. Certain states tax Social Security. Certain states don't tax it. But also on the federal level, that income you come from, you take from Roth will not count as income federally or statewide. And so you have an ability to, to have your Social Security be taxed at a lesser rate or not at all because of doing Roth. So um, and that money is just going to compound tax free. So if you're just say you start Roth sooner in your 30s and 40s and you have 20 and 30 plus years for that money to compound and grow all that gain when you take those gains out is tax free gains as opposed to you contribute money into an IRA and it compounds and compounds. Yeah, you get a tax deduction just say in $5,000, but 30 years later that $5,000 is now say $15,000. 
<laughs> now you get taxed on 15. When you look at the bigger picture, if you have time, the benefits of doing a Roth are going to be much more favorable for you. Okay, so got a pretty good understanding of the difference between the two. So let's give out some examples, just kind of generally speaking, because obviously everybody's situation is going to be unique to them. And what works for me might not work for you know my neighbor, obviously. But let's give an example of someone that uh, might benefit from contributing to a Roth over a traditional IRA. Yeah, and actually I have a client here um, brought on a few years ago, and they were contributing to the Roth. So if you have five plus years away from retirement, because there is a rule um, when it comes to contributing to a Roth. It says if you're gonna make contributions to a Roth, or even if you're gonna do a conversion, which that's a, that means you can convert a traditional IRA to a Roth, there's a five-year window before you cannot take out the actually gains, the interest earned on it. You can always get your, your initial investment back, but if you wanna take out the gains, there's a five-year waiting period. So if you have at least five years I would really recommend putting as much money into a Roth as possible. So here's a client of mine, came on board two, three years ago now, I think it's like three years ago. And they didn't, I don't think they were even planning this, but they just heard Roths were good. So that's what they were contributing. All their 401k monies contributions were going into Roth 401ks. And when you have an employer-sponsored plan, you're allowed to contribute more into these plans than traditional IRAs or traditional Roth. So um, if you're under 50, you can, in 2020, you can contribute $19,500 into a 401k, Roth or traditional. And if you're over 50, that's an additional $6,500 above that. So you can really contribute 26 grand of your own funds into either a Roth 401k or a traditional 401k. Now, remember, when you're making these contributions, your employer does not pay taxes for you, so they won't contribute any of their money into a Roth because they want a tax deduction. They're going to make their contributions into the traditional side. So even if you're putting all your money into a Roth, they will put, if they're contributing, they're gonna put their money into the traditional side. So getting back to this client, they were putting all of their contributions, husband and wife, into their 401k Roth, um, So which was majority of those contributions, and they had small employer matching, but went to the traditional side, but it was minuscule in the side compared to what they had saved. The nice thing is when we were doing retirement planning for them, almost everything was Roth. And so when we look at retirement for them, when they actually retire, they're going to be in a 10% tax bracket <laughs> in retirement because they're, they don't really have to, they don't have pensions. They're just 401ks, IRAs, but they're almost all Roth. And there's none of their social security will be taxed because they're under the income limits uh, on the federal side and local side. So uh, the nice thing is they're gonna be a very low tax, they pay hardly any taxes on any of their retirement. And that's the goal is I'd much rather have a tax-free retirement rather than paying taxes and being, you know, if we're at a say 22% tax bracket where a lot of couples are at while working. A lot of times we see those numbers still stay the same in retirement. Um, and uh, by doing Roth, you can drop the, your bracket down to that next level or maybe two levels below where you're at today. Well, that's a good example uh, for sure. And uh, there's definitely a lot of benefits in the Roth. So let's look at the other side of this then. There, I know there's still people that are going to benefit more from a traditional versus a Roth. Can you give me an example of someone that might fit in that category? Yeah, uh, some people who need that tax deduction. And so when, you know, when you're looking at tax time and you're getting your taxes done and you know, you got to pay in so much, but 
if you make a contribution that comes off your income, it's going to get save you some money in taxes. Uh, some people who are under maybe because uh, you the usually look at the modified adjusted gross income that MAGI they call it is um, if you're under a certain limit, maybe you qualify for certain health benefits. There's some people who are on certain maybe Obamacare or maybe Badger Care or whatever it might be, and their incomes maybe they're working part time but they have to keep under a certain income limit to stay in that care. Even making contributions will keep your income lower and brings your modified adjusted gross income down. And that will help as well. You also look at when it's for Social Security, um, Medicare. Medicare is means tested. And when they look at your modified adjusted gross income by making contributions, that keeps your, your adjusted gross income below that those limits. Otherwise, you're gonna pay more for your Medicare if your income's too high. So there's there's other reasons like that. A lot of times it has to do with healthcare that you want to make sure that your income is under a certain limit and you need that tax deduction where you wouldn't get that if you did a Roth. All right, makes a lot of sense. Well, if you have any questions about this, and I guess everybody needs to have their, their situation examined and evaluated to, to get a better understanding of which route to go, and, and Mike and his team over at Principal Preservation Services can do that for you. So if, you, if you're curious about what where your money should be or the best strategy for you to use, uh, it's best to get a, a real look at it from a financial advisor. So contact Mike and his team at principalpreservationservices.com, and they'll be happy to, uh, to assist you with that. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So let's move into the mailbag now and, and get a couple of questions here, Mike, from our mailbag. And if you ever have a question, you can send it in through the website or you can call the office as well at 855-987-8888. This week, we got a couple we're going to get to. We're going to start with Samantha. She writes in, unless something goes horribly wrong, we should be leaving a significant amount of money to our kids. But I can't decide if we should tell them about our plans now or just let it be a surprise. I'm certain they have no idea what our net worth is like. That's great. It's your point. You can do whatever you want, but my recommendation would be not to tell them. And I don't want them to be planning on your retirement to be their retirement because I want them to earn it. I want them to let that be icing on the cake. You know, I have uh, got a few clients who have a lot of wealth and plan on leaving millions, not just a million, but millions to their children and their children don't know anything about it. And I think that's great because they live a very modest lifestyle. They don't live in any you know, fancy house. They don't drive fancy cars. They don't do fancy trips, but they live very modest lifestyle. So their children don't even think they're, you know, they're, their children sometimes have stated they're worried about them and their retirement <laughs> and they have no idea. So I think that's the way it should be because I've seen situations where I've done seminars before. I, I, I remember uh, twice now, twice in this last year, this one lady came to me and said, my mom told me I don't have to worry about my retirement because I'm going to inherit a lot from her. Huh. And so so she didn't save it all. She counted on her mom's retirement mm-hmm. because her mom said, don't worry about it. I have you covered. So she did nothing. And then what happened? Her mom ended up in the nursing home, still in the nursing home. It's been like nine or 10 years, maybe more now, since I've, I saw this lady last and she says there she has nothing left. She goes, how can they do that? I said, well, if you don't have long-term care insurance, you're going to have to pay for your own care. And she goes, and then they have a bank that's managing her money, an attorney that's doing it as well. I said, well, they're not doing it for free either. They have to get paid. So there's nothing left. And she's mad because she has nothing saved. And I said, well, lessons learned. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but you get one shot to do retirement and 
you shouldn't really be relying on anybody else to save for your own retirement. You should be doing that yourself. It's a tough situation for her, though. Yeah, that's a tough lesson to learn. But yeah, I mean, I guess I could see how that happens very easily if your kids uh, expect, see that big number. They don't. They're not really responsible with money. They don't understand how much it is, and it can really, really hurt them down the road. So uh, something to consider there. Uh, but we appreciate that question as well. I think that's a very, very good question. Uh, we'll take one more from Tom. He says, we have a, a lot of big travel plans once we retire, including destinations on all seven continents. Do we need to plan on having even more income in retirement than we have right now? Typically, yeah, especially if you're talking about international travel, uh, you really need to plan for that. And uh, some people do international travel that uh, is pretty planned out. It's not like in college days where you went hiking across <laughs> countries over there. And I don't think safety-wise, it's not the world we live in today uh, is different than what it was you know, 40 years ago as well. So yeah, typically we recommend planning those, those numbers out and being realistic with those. You know, we've had a few people come in there spending 30 to 50,000 a year in their first three retirement just to do some extensive travel. And if you have that money, great, but at least we draw it up and put it in your plan and you can see if it's, if it's feasible or not. So uh, Tom, I think you should uh, definitely plan for that. You probably, you most likely will be spending more in retirement if you want to do what you want to do. Yeah, you don't want to end up staying in a hostel, right? That's the that's, no. not, that's not the way you want to travel in retirement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the traders might be a lot of better better place to stay. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for the question, Tom and Samantha as well. If you ever have questions, again, uh, we encourage you to send them in to us. We'd love to, to answer those uh, the best that we can here on the Retirement Reality Podcast, and you can do so online at principalpreservationservices.com. You can also get a lot of resources there as well on the website. A webinar that's online is free to sign up for, plus information on Mike's seminars. Now that they're ongoing again, he will have more and more coming up. So uh, schedule a time and, and reserve your spot for that upcoming seminar online at principalpreservationservices.com. Mike, we'll conclude it on that note. Uh, great conversation. Thanks for clearing up some things on the traditional versus Roth, and appreciate the time. Thanks, Ben. Looking forward to uh, chatting you uh, later. we go to episode uh, what, 43. 43 is next. We'll be looking forward to it. Hit subscribe, and it'll download to your phone immediately, and you'll have it when, uh, when it comes out next week. So thanks again for listening to the Retirement Reality Podcast. We'll talk again with you on the next episode. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.